feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Are we ready to sing more about seagulls, Matt, today? Uh, you know, seagulls, the uh, the most majestic of birds. <laughs> Just <laughs> love them. They uh, love French fries in McDonald's parking lots. They do, yeah. It's... Yeah, they do. Um, at the oh God, When I was a kid at Sobble Beach, where my cottage was, just seagulls everywhere, man. If you like left any food out, they just swarm you. Um, you get kids chasing them all the time. Freaking, freaking beach rats. Um, today we are reviewing. I always thought. I always thought like the 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 rat version of a bird was considered the pigeon. Yeah, I would say that. But then I would say the seagull is the pigeon of the beach. <laughs> Today we are reviewing Sir Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, uh, which just premiered at the uh, both at Telluride and at the Toronto International Film Festival. Yep. Um, his very personal black and white uh, love letter to his childhood in um, Belfast, Ireland. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. Uh, it's day uh, six, six, seven, eight, nine, six, ten. I think uh, Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, is it Tuesday? <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, it is Tuesday. Six. Six. We're about halfway mm. through the festival. Um, and uh, you know, we're watching more digital stuff uh as we digital, get yeah. Digital. Uh <laughs> I'm not drunk, I swear. It's just really, really tired. Um but one too many Guinness for Eric. Yeah, yeah, and uh too many movies. But um, you know, we're 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 at that halfway point, and it is interesting that like this was one of our last in-person screenings mm -hmm. for the most yeah. part well i think they were only doing p and i screenings until today i think anyway like i think it was only with like, the exception of wolf uh but oh, wolf, wolf is but a wolf public is only screening. public but yeah. it's still in person we have that but i mean yeah. just press and industry screenings for this year only lasted until yesterday i, I believe um, so, you know, most people who came in, uh, you can still get public tickets to the rest of the festival, which is running until Sunday, uh, the 19th, but yeah, it is, it was our last press and industry screening. And then we might have one or two more in-person screenings, but, um, so we finally have a, t uh, a chance to kind of chill at home, but it was nice, you know, this being the last one to go in and see it in, uh, the ultra AVX theater over at Scotiabank. Yeah. And, and overall, um, Belfast is an interesting one to to talk about because in one way it's a very um sweet charming um earnest as you as you mentioned a love letter to you know Belfast and the community and being raised in the late 1960s and coming of age at a time of civil unrest uh, with Protestants and Catholics in Ireland uh, fighting and the IRA and, um, you know, it being shot in black and white. And the obvious comparison will be this movie. Roma, yes, which I um, mentioned in my tweet, and I'm sure many people will. You know, black without, and white with the yellow title card. <laughs> like right, but without maybe the 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 technical prowess uh, yes, that Alfonso Cuarón had I don't had disagree with there. Even this though is, I did not like Roma, but uh, right. I understand that. This yeah. does go for, like, it is trying really hard to kind of play with certain camera angles and and style, but it's more heartfelt than it is a sort of 
piece of technical craft. Yeah. And and again, a it's a masterclass of filmmaking or anything. Yeah. Like and and not to say that Sir Kenneth Branagh is not capable of that. I mean very capable. His career has been kind of fascinating in general because he's a guy who started or was best known for adapting, you know, Shakespeare adaptations. Like he was that guy, you know, Henry V, Fifth, Hamlet, Fifth, Hamlet, yeah. Much Ado About Nothing. Thor. Uh, Thor, yes, Thor, which actually, you know, has a cameo in this. Um, but I like those little moments. We'll get into those. But, you, but, but yeah. you look at those movies from, you know, like the late 80s into the 90s. And then somewhere in the early 2000s, he kind of the 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 Shakespeare adaptation just. He kind of was just known for that and it'd be kind, it was kind of cliched at that point. Mm-hmm. Then you get to Thor you know, his Jack Ryan adaptation, Cinderella, Cinderella um, and he's kind Agatha of Christie. Yeah. Well, murder on, murder on coming out. <laughs> yeah. Murder on the Orient Express. Um, and th- <laughs> this will, we're going to, I'm going to make fun of this, but you know, Artemis Fowl, I think is one of the worst movies in the last 10 years. And it's really bad. Yeah. Partly. I think it was taken away from him or, or at least it, he lost kind of, creative control in the editing process and then sandwich in between that or, or bookending those two things is that you have you, you mentioned death on the nile which has been delayed multiple times partly because of the pandemic yeah. but also because of problematic actors uh you know doing horrible things and, yeah. and maybe trying to wait or figure out what to do with that sequel um and so Belfast kind of feels almost like a reaction, not only to a lot of these coming of age movies we've gotten with Roma or Minari or Lady Bird in, in uh, recent memory. And so, you know, it's him doing this little, very quaint story that, you know, is essentially his upbringing, even though I'm sure, you know, it is semi-autobiographical. Artistic liberties, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Um and you know the the main character coming from the perspective of a young boy named Buddy, uh, who's played by Jude Hill in uh, what I believe is his first feature length performance, uh, is surrounded by uh, a really solid um, cast of actors. Obviously, you have Judy Dench, who Brenna has worked with in <laughs> Artemis Fowl and Murder on the Orient Express, and then you know the great Kieran Hines, and they're playing the grandparents. Uh, and then you have Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan as mom and dad and sort of looking at these relationships over the course of half of a year and seeing, you know, decisions that are going to kind of play a major role in whether or not they stay in Belfast. And I mm-hmm. think that it's hard to criticize this movie yeah, because it is just so likable and nice, but at the same time, my biggest, it's hard criticism, to find anything really spectacular. Either. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a perfectly well-made crowd pleaser, crowd pleaser that probably will win the Oscar, or at least is the front runner at this point. Like it kind of feels for made best picture, for yeah. that crowd, especially with people that maybe grew up in the 1960s, the late 1960s. A lot of references to cinema and a love of cinema, all the kind of things you're looking for in a movie that's going to, you know, uh, get a lot of Oscar nominations. But yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. Like where I feel like I don't have much to say, neither positive nor negative on the movie, but I ultimately really enjoyed it. (laughs) So um, I I think it took me a second to kind of, and I thought the movie got better as it went on. Uh, It took me a little second to, 
uh, acclimate myself maybe to Jude Hill because he is very much the center of the film. And I feel like at first, um, some of the dialogue and the delivery from some of the child actors, I was just like, ooh, I don't know if I'm it can be hit or miss, right? Like it, we just watched Petite Maman and we talked about how natural and organic and, and real that movie feels like. And ultimately this movie similarly is dealing with, you know, a, adult problems from a child lens, which I think is interesting, but it is in a very slight way where I feel like Petite Maman, you know, goes, you know, is rich with emotion, which we talked about. Go check out that review. It's probably one of the best films of the year and one of the best movies at the festival. But unfortunately, it won't get the love that maybe this movie does. Right. Uh, uh, But that being said, like, I think Jamie Dornan is great in this, which is, um, you know, people I tweeted that and some people messaged me other stuff he was good in. But, um, you know, I did not like Synchronic, Sorry, or or other things, but maybe I haven't seen him in. But I loved him in Barb and Star earlier this year, and I thought he was actually quite good in this as well. And I'm like, is Jamie Dornan a great actor? Or a, as or long as he sings one? in a scene, um, yeah. So good. he does have a uh, he does perform in this, much like he does in Barb and Star. Um, and then overall, I just yeah, it's a very lovely movie. Um, I just again everything we talked about, like I never think it ever kind of exceeds. I, I said this comparing it to other things we've seen during the festival that I, I will give a similar rating to power of the dog. We just reviewed, go check that out. Um, um, memoria, uh, T10, uh, for me personally, um, have very high highs, but then there are some big lows for me of why it didn't work. Uh, last night in Soho, these are all movies that are kind of in this same realm, but then Belfast is that one where it doesn't necessarily hit any of those highs those other movies do but then it never really hits any lows it just kind of completely stays steady yeah it coasts and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that because i i think people will really dig it because of that but um it just it's not something i'm i ever really need to go back and revisit or i'll i'll really think about again other than this oscar season (laughs) when it starts but Again, I'm not going to be upset once it gets nominated for a bunch of awards or as the front runner or anything. I'm just going to go, okay, yeah, that was a sweet movie. I just don't really have a strong opinion on it. Like, I like how personal it is. The cinematography, the black and white, um, again, something we've seen in you know other movies we mentioned. Um, thought it looked a little too digital uh, for the 1969 uh, time period and the black and white uh, contrast on that, I, I think didn't quite work, but I liked how personal it was. It seemed like he, you know, he really did love his childhood and he loved this place. And um, I like all the references to movies he loved as a kid. I like the Thor comic book. I like the Agatha Christie novel in his bedroom. Like those are a little bit kind of like silly a bit or a bit on the nose, but if it, without him saying that, it is about him because it never once says it it is it's just he's talked about it being his most personal film he was obviously born in belfast it's just very obvious that it's about him um but yeah i again that's that's kind of all i really have to say about it like it again it's that perfect kind of middle of the road but like not i don't mean that negatively or the bright side of the road, because van morrison's music is used yeah. throughout this entire there's thing. no score right like it's just it's van just all Morrison's his, music? yeah. It's just yeah. all his music, and and I like Van Morrison a, a lot. Um, but I feel like it's overkill. It's almost like the same way where it's like if you have a Vietnam movie, you use the Doors throughout the entire sure. film. You know, it's almost weirdly cliched where you know Van Morrison is a, an Irish musician, but um, 
it just kind of feels like, you know, with the exception of Everlasting Love, which Jamie Dornan sings at the end, um, it, it just becomes a little too much after a while. And as much as I love that song, Bright Side of the Road, it also made me laugh a little bit because the last time I heard that song used in a movie was the John Travolta angel film, Michael, which again, you know, obviously their intentions of how they're used in both of those movies are completely different. It's just funny thinking about like, okay, you know, this is the last time, you know, you hear a song and you have this certain context and there's a lot of montages in this as well. Um, there's a, a very strong stance of community and also kind of looking at, um, you know, that division between Protestants and Catholics. acceptance and saying that shit doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like even kind of, how religion in general kind of tears people apart. And um, a lot of the movie references are, are interesting. And even the, 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 the television stuff, because again, it, it's not a lot of stuff you would necessarily think that have influenced Kenneth Branagh. Um, Other than the it, two very obvious ones that I pointed out. <laughs> what ones? No, just the Thor and Agatha Christie thing. That he's well, I, that, those, you mean those, like those, mo- no, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, those almost feel like I made, Easter eggs of like those. yeah it's about but me, yeah. i'm talking more like about star trek chitty chitty bang bang <laughs> yeah but but even the westerns like yeah. Kenneth, like high noon with gary yeah, cooper noon, yeah. and the man who shot liberty valance with john wayne and and jimmy stewart and and lee marvin um there's even a sequence that mirrors high noon yeah and and it just like it's i just found that fascinating and in, in that was a fun sequence because, i like that in the movie oh, i i did yeah. too it just I would have never thought of, of Kenneth Branagh as a Western guy. Maybe that's know? him saying, I want to make a Western <laughs> and I haven't right. been able to yet. And that's the, this is the closest to doing that. But I just thought that was kind of, was kind of fascinating. And just, again, like that childhood perspective of like, you know, getting into trouble and, you know, having, uh, you know, one parent who's kind of, you know, the, the bad, the good cop, bad cop kind of thing where, you know, Katrina uh, Balf is is sort of the one that dishes out the punishments where, you know, uh, Jamie Dornan's dad is always away on business in England. And it's also good for him because he's not getting caught up in sort of, you know, the recruitment of the Protestants trying to, you know, get as many people on their side to, you know, commit these violent acts and, you know, the IRA being, you know, a terrorist group and, mm-hmm. and seeing that and seeing the danger of that kind of escalating throughout the movie, I think is really important to kind of, you know, emphasize in, in sort of it being more so the backdrop. And that also kind of reminded me of Roma a little bit too, where you had, you know, Mexico at that time in, in, in when it's depicted in Roma, there was this, you know, civil unrest as well. That's, that's depicted on the peripheral kind of, point of view um and then the stuff that i think that really got me in terms of just like maybe like the emotion is just the relationship between buddy and his grandfather played by karen yeah. hines who is so wonderful uh in one scene uh that takes the place at a hospital well, that's no, really good that but at the too, hospital i think hospital. is, is okay, really yeah. um beautiful right before christmas um and just you know that conversation and and where that goes and and again like i always think of kieran hines who's been around forever but um as uh the the best version of julius caesar in in hbo's rome um and judy dench is is also really wonderful as the grandmother but yeah it's 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 one of those movies like 
you know, I just know be... him as Steppenwolf from Zack Snyder's Justice League. So. Sure, um, but it is it is fascinating. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, no, I know. I know. I know. For for people, like, yeah, Matt's seen him in, in in a lot of stuff. Um, he's also really great in Steven Spielberg's Munich. Like he's Ghost he's Rider, around... Spirit of Vengeance. Like, <sighs> yeah. Well, he was Mephisto in that, so you know. Uh, um, yeah, he was. Yeah, because yeah. um, uh, Peter Fonda played him in in the the first uh, Ghost Rider movie, and then. Kieran right, Hines played him in the right, second one. Right. Um, yeah, but the other movie it, it reminded me a lot of, just in terms, it's it's not a movie that people remember really anymore. Is John Borman's uh, Hope and Glory, which is a World War II set um, British coming of age film, where it's from the point of view of a kid who's growing up during the war and you know like the the bombings and sort of seeing it from the point of view of like this childhood innocence where you know school is canceled because you know hitler declares war and then you have this british boy running down the streets happy that school's been canceled thanking adolf hitler and you're kind of like okay this Mm -hmm. is like you know the the kid doesn't understand what he's saying um but that few moments of that where the where um you know buddy gets caught up in you know what's going on in ireland at that yeah and he has a cousin that kind of gets him into trouble too with like stealing you know chocolate from a or dish uh, soap (laughs) yeah or turkish delight but but going back to to hope and glory nobody talks about that movie anymore it's kind of you know it was released in 87 it gets nominated for best picture and director and and other oscar nominations but you look back at it now like it's just not a film that anybody really has any sort of sentiment for and could you think that that could be applied to this maybe yes i think yeah again it'll it'll take time but i don't necessarily see this movie you know being held in the same regard as roma or as ladybird or as minari or a lot of these really personal coming of age movies we've gotten in the last little while this is just kind of a very it's it's one of those films that again like i don't want to it sounds like I'm being really negative towards the movie, but it kind of just feels almost like a placeholder um, for like the awards where it's like, okay, yeah, like this movie, here's the, fine. this is the film choice. that yeah. this is, yeah, this is the film that everybody can agree on. Like nobody is going to, there's going to people, there's going to be people that love power of the dog. There's going to be people that, you know, love those kind of off kilter choices, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be the film that everybody will be like, okay, you know what? We can all agree on this movie. And that's how it's going to play with this award season coming up, I think. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it quite a bit. But um, again, I think it does coast through. And it is a movie, like Eric just mentioned, that I think as much as I enjoyed it for that one watch and that if I'm talking to, you know, my mom and she's asking, oh, uh, my girlfriends and I want to go to the movies this weekend. What's playing? If Belfast is playing, I'm going to go. Yeah, here's a movie you're all going to enjoy. And I it's just a very safe choice to suggest to anyone, really. Like, and I feel like that's how I'm going to view it, you know, when it comes out on November 12th. So I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Um uh I still liked it uh, quite a bit. I just uh ultimately uh think it never kind of gets past that hump of just being really decent. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three out of five. And then also the other thing I just wanted to quickly mention. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of the use of color in the movie Mm -hmm. in terms of how it's seen on on a big screen or Mm -hmm. during a a, a theatrical production. Um, That's the only time you see color and then the book end of the movie. Which I also did not like because I feel that you don't need right. You don't need it. It almost looks like especially in the in the opening. It almost looks like you're watching 
like a uh, a travelogue Tri- on YouTube. A tourism that's like video, a, yeah, uh, like, yeah. That, that's like you know you're waiting for the five seconds to to so you can skip it, but it's almost right. like come to Belfast, yeah. you know. Like I was waiting Regina, for that. Exactly. Experience Regina. Um, but then also the the other interesting movie thing that I thought was kind of again intentional. Um, you know, we were talking about Cumberbatch's casting. Um, there's an actor who plays a, a Protestant minister, and oh, right. he looks so much like Orson Welles. And I think again that is intentional. Um, which mm-hmm. I just, you know, those little touches I think work. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of like, you know, the the color offsetting, the black and white, and those key yeah. moments of like, you know, childhood wonder at the the majesty of going to the movie theaters. We get it. You became a filmmaker. Like, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm almost fine with the stuff in the theater. It's the stuff at the beginning and the end. I just found completely unnecessary. Like, unless you have scenes in modern day Belfast, like just start your movie. And where I almost thought I that know. there was going to be something where like almost like Kenneth Brana like introduces it yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like Buddy grown up. It's just yeah. Kenneth Brana or like just a, Kenneth Brana breaking uh, the fourth wall. Like, because I remember like with at the end of Schindler's list, there's the scene, well, it's not a scene. It's, it's it, the survivors, uh, uh, Schindler's Jews. They all come to Oscar Schindler's grave and put stones on his grave and it's done in real time. And then you see kind of like, it's done with the real uh, people, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you see, um, Liam Neeson's hand putting, a, a, a stone on the grave as well. So, I was thinking, oh, is he doing something like that in terms of like, you know, but no, it's really just an establishing shot and that's pretty much it. So I agree with you that it's strange, but um, yeah, I, I I totally agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, Thank you all for listening. Um, uh, We have many, many more reviews that you guys can check out right here on YouTube on the untitled YouTube channel. So hit subscribe, hit that notification bell. We have tons of reviews up right now for some of the biggest movies like Dune, like last night in Soho, um like t10 um so some of the biggest stuff playing uh the toronto international film festival uh so go check those out or if you like the audio version you can get that at untitled movie reviews on podcast services everywhere uh our one-stop shop for all of our links to our social channels our reviews our lists our personal profiles go over to letterboxd uh, at untitled underscore movies it's our headquarters for all that stuff and as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, mostly on TitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can uh, find more of my video reviews at RogersTV.com slash CinemaScene. And on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. No one likes Turkish delight. <laughs>